Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Tonight we'll be covering Catelyn 6 from A Storm of Swords. I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr, and I am joined tonight by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, Chickren on Tumblr. Kama. Hi, this is Kama, Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Emmy. Hi, I'm Emmy, and I'm at the Golden Kitten King on Tumblr. Best Tumblr name ever, and Mo. Thank you. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Mo, and I'm Useful Spinster on Tumblr. Also an awesome Tumblr name. <laughs> so uh, we want, I want to give a standard trigger warning for spoilers, and it's also possible there could be some rape discussion in this chapter. So the chapter starts as King Rob and his crew are approaching the Green Fork and nearing the twins. And right away we get Kat's description of the approach, which I thought was appropriately grim and worth reading. She thinks... Across the turbulent waters, Kat could see several thousand men encamped around the eastern castle, their banners hanging like so many drowned cats from the lances outside their tents. The rains made it impossible to to distinguish colors and devices. Most were gray, it seemed to her, though beneath such skies, the whole world seemed gray. God. So it's going to be a good time. (laughs) Right, right. Sounds really fun and exciting and happy. Yeah. So Kat urges Rob to take whatever food and drink Walder Frey offers so that they'll be protected by guest right. And Rob kind of poo-poos her, but he promises that if Lord Walder serves him, quote, stewed crow smothered in maggots, that he'll eat it and ask for seconds. <laughs> so George is really laying it on thick here. Right. Ugh. Um. So the party is greeted outside the castle by Walder's heir, who is now Sir Ryman, and three of his sons. And we see that Grey Worm, Grey Wind, I'm going to keep saying Grey Worm, people, I'm so sorry. Grey Wind. <laughs> two different things. <laughs> they are two entirely different things, both starting with the word Grey. Um, Grey Wind is seriously pissed about this, and he actually starts to go after the phrase until Cat gets in between him and the Frey horses, and Rob is able to call him off. Um I had forgotten this. I had forgotten the way that Grey Wind, like, Keeps basically the minute them. that he saw the phrase. Yeah, the minute he sees like the phrase, he's like, oh, these human. guys are bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to your dogs, people, if, not, if we learn nothing else from this series. No, for so, real. So the phrase are, are kind of immediately preoccupied with where Queen Jane is. And so it made me think... Um, what do you think they had planned for her? Were they just going to capture her? Or, you know, did they have something more grim in mind, perhaps? Plans to stab her in the baby? <laughs> you know, I wondered about this because, I mean, well, clearly the uh, the Westerlings and the Spicers were in on the whole plot. But, you know, I did wonder if, you know, they were smart enough to just, you know, make sure she stayed home or if, if she had shown up, if she would have been safe or well, they let Rainy go. So I don't know that they were smart enough to keep her home. I really think it was cat. 
Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if they were, you know, thinking that she was going to be a hostage or if, you know, they were going to basically rape and kill her is kind of where I was going. Yeah, yeah. well, and doesn't isn't Reynold missing? I Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's missing yep. in Feast. I think they're asking after him. So, like, they really shouldn't have let any of their kids go. Clearly, there was no protection for the Westerlings, yeah, no matter well, what they might have The last they saw, he had some arrows in him and he had jumped into the river. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any of the Westerlings would be worth enough to the phrase to even have its hostages because they're such a minor house. I don't think the Lannisters would care. They'd just be like, whatever, keep them. Oh, well, he he was hit by a bunch of crossbow quarrels when he was trying to free uh, Grey Wind and he fell in the river. Right, so Um, he's presumed dead, certainly. I mean, just never forget that, like, when... When was it Tyrion who cast, uh, who asked about Catelyn's death? Someone asked Tywin about Catelyn's death, and Tywin's like, "Oh, well, she was supposed to be a hostage. I wasn't real clear. I guess <laughs> Oops, she's dead. You know, it was my like, mistake, everyone. Honest right. mistake. I mean, there was a lot of murders to plot. He, you know, Tywin was pretty busy. Yeah, so, but no, I think Cat. I think Cat saved Dane's life. I really oh, do. Oh yeah. Oh no, for sure. I mean, I think you know there was a moderate chance that she could have been held for held for ransom, essentially the, you know, the queen of the North or, you know, whatever. I mean, it very well could have been that they wanted to hold her to specifically make sure she wasn't pregnant. And, you know, yeah. God knows what happens to the, you know, well, we all know what happens to the baby in that case, uh, but you know, yeah. could have been we a know. situation like that. So they, you know, gray wind box again in the middle of a drawbridge and he doesn't want to go to the gatehouse. And, you know, Rob talks him into it, but he won't take him into the hall. So he sends him to the kennels with Jane's brother, Raynal, as, as we talked about. So, you know, Rob has already kind of given up his best defense here, you know, a page into the chapter. So they enter the hall and they find Lord Walder waiting for them. And, you know, Rob was a little put out that Walder wasn't actually outside of the castle to greet them. And, you know, at this point, Kat's kind of like, you know, dude, he's like 94. <laughs> he's not. He's not going anywhere, really. <laughs> but isn't it funny? Like, you kind of have have to have, like, I'm not going to say respect, but it's interesting the way that the phrase play this because they have to be careful. They can't be too nice or it would be right. obvious that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's like they have to be kind of jackassy, but but nice enough to keep them there at the yeah. same time. Like, they can't let on, you know, what's really going to go on. But don't you feel like for the phrase, the more difficult part of that would actually being would be being nice at all. Like they seem like they're kind of naturally jackassy. So like to have any sort of lack of hostility was probably a bit of a challenge for them. (laughs) So they find Lord Walder waiting for them in the, in the hall. And Kat says, quote, there is something of the vulture about Lord Walder and rather more of the weasel. (laughs) Oh God. Um, The the physical description she gives of mirror is, so gross. <laughs> There's no other word for it. Just disgusting. And, you know, she also gives this long description of Jingle Bell, who she thinks really resembles Lord Walder, but his eyes are amiable <laughs> and vacant rather than suspicious. And he wears a fool's crown, and Cat wonders if that is meant as a mockery of Rob. And, you know, my notes are, yes, Cat, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You know, 
what else is interesting? I, I noticed when she first saw Raymond Frey that she like she flat out called his face. She said he had a dumb face or something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. And I was face. thinking so much of Jamie and Feast when he <laughs> with it. I was like, God, everybody should have known what a jackhole this guy is. Well, and I think it seems like Stavron is sort of like of that gener of that generation of Freys, he's really like the only one who is worth a damn. And I mean he was probably only worth half a damn. So Walder welcomes them all and as Edmure is really eager to meet Rosalind, he sends for her. And he too, you know, Walder really conspicuously wonders where Queen Jane is. And he gets a few digs on Rob, who apologizing, saying that he, quote, knows no words can set that right, which is you know, we, that comes up quite a bit more in this chapter. And, you know, Walder insists that he apologize to his granddaughters and daughters personally and introduces the whole bunch of them. <laughs> and, Which was know, hilarious. It's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because in this scene in the in the show, the scene is actually, like, really funny. And, like, the entire pre-Red Wedding scenes are all kind of played for laughs. Um, it's a bit of a different tone than it is in the books. I loved, there's the one... I don't know, there's someone there and he finds out she's one of his, I don't know, bastard grandchildren, great, great, grand, I don't know. And he like kicks her out. Yeah, because yes. she's, you know, bastard. You don't want to be, he's not going to want you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's oh. probably just like hanging out, you know, like after that many generations, you know, really, is she any? Well, in the she's only four, isn't she? Oh, is yeah, she only they... four? Oh. Yeah, I think that's what he says. I didn't know she could talk or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell? Um, you know, so Rob makes all of his apologies, but then Walder says, good, the Lord of the Crossing said, that was very good, your grace. No words can set it right. Heh. Well said, well said. Um, we hear that again later, that no mm. words can set it right. Like, he's just telling them what he's going to do. Yeah, and at one point he says something about, like, the wine and the red will flow or yeah. something like that. The red will like, flow. Oh my God. Like he was so obvious. Very subtle. <laughs> and oh, you just heard a picture, like the conversations afterwards, like grandfather, you're not supposed to tell him the plan. <laughs> <laughs> like this is Walter trying to be a James Bond villain kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Rosalind comes into the hall, and you can almost feel Admir's sigh of relief because she's shy and lovely. Although Cat, to, to her credit, Cat's like looking at all the other women, like, oh, they kind of look like Craycalls. They look much, you know, sturdier than Rosalind. She thinks Rosalind's really um, a bit insubstantial for childbearing, I guess. The amount of reflection on hip size in this yes. is hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong, right? I mean, she goes no. on. No, you're there's not the wrong. whole cray call thing is like a full paragraph about like big tits. <laughs> well hipped cray call women. <laughs> so she's Rosalind's crying, but you know, she claims it's for joy. And um Walder sends her away to get ready for the wedding, but Rob wants to leave to see his men across the river. And we get this this other this other kind of ominous passage. Um, my lord, Catelyn had almost forgotten. Some food would be most welcome. We have ridden many leagues in the rain. Walder Frey's mouth moved in and out. Food, heh. 
a loaf of bread, a bite of cheese, mayhaps a sausage. <laughs> Some wine to wash it down, Rob said, and salt. Bread and salt, huh, of course, of course. The old man clapped his hands together and servants came into the hall, bearing flagons of wine and trays of bread, cheese, and butter. Lord Walter took a cup of bread himself and raised it high with a spotted hand. My guest, he said, my honored guest, be welcome beneath my roof and at my table. And then Cat thinks, now we should be safe. <laughs> uh-huh. just, oh, God. Not, not quite. So she goes to the chambers that the Freys have prepared for them, and she's genuinely surprised that they're nice. So again, you know, I think, like, <laughs> the Freys' reputation precedes them a little bit, so, you know, <laughs> God only knows what what she was expecting. And I was thinking, too... Um, you know, they might be kind of nice because they pl- basically they plan on keeping her hostage there for a while. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of, I had a question. Um, you know, I think we know the plan was to take her hostage. And, you know, if you're thinking that she's going to have some kind of gentle captivity, which, you know, would suit a woman of her rank. Do you guys think that Ruth would have told her about Jamie and Brienne? Um, you know, just thinking that if she thought there was a chance of Sansa getting back, that she'd be more cooperative? I don't mm. think she... Yeah, no, I mean, no. because, like... Maybe I honestly it, don't think he'd could... be involved with any of that. I think she'd just be taken prisoner, thrown in a room, and that would be that. I mean, yeah. in, in, like, a TV thing... I mean, like, or, or, I mean... I don't think he'd care. Well, I think it'd I'm, just be too risky, wouldn't it? Oh, you mean in terms them? of root? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking like after everything's done, basically. You know, Rob's dead. The die's been cast. You know, she's a hostage there. Are they is he going to share that with her to give her some kind of hope or to give her some kind of like reason to cooperate? Mm. I kind of, I don't know. I maybe. I'm sure someone else has another thought, but I kind of think no. I just feel like it would be too kind, or like I, I don't know that they would need to do anything to make mm-hmm. her cooperate, probably. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because she's, I mean, she knows how this works. You know, the, the theory would be, I mean, it may not be accurate, but the theory would be you behave well enough, and at some point, someone's going to, you know, pay for you, and you'll be sent to wherever. I mean, she'd probably have to know practically that that wasn't going to happen, but I can't see her. It's not like Arya who would, you know, try to escape. Well, but I think that, you know, she wouldn't, there was nowhere to send her to. So she would have been sent to, you know, a husband's bed. So perhaps it would have been, you know, cooperation in in terms of that. Yeah, I just, I can't see Ruth giving a shit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't think it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know that it's so much ruse as it is just the phrase in general. You know, like, okay, we got to, like, throw her a bone, basically. I think yeah. they would only do that if she really became some kind of major problem to them. And the way Kat is, I don't think she would even get to that point because she's not Arya. She's mm-hmm. more Santa, and she'd do it quietly. She wouldn't be, like, raging and wanting to, like, stab somebody or something. I think if she got to that point and they needed to back her off or something, maybe. But otherwise, no. Okay. I mean, it's not advantageous to Roos in any way. 
so she. In then, other words, it would have been shitty for her no matter what. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> there's no good yeah, outcome. Yeah, there she's she's past good outcomes at this point. Yeah. So she and Emir talk, and he's really quite delighted by Rosalind, but he's again he's suspicious as to why Lord Walder <laughs> would give him a pretty bride, and you know he wonders, oh, is Rosalind secretly barren? Is this what they're you know trying to do? And Cat, you know, has this good point, like, well, obviously, you know, no, they're not going to give you a barren wife. He wants his grandson. Um, he wants his grandson at River Run. But she changes clothes and she goes back down in the hall and asks after Sir Perwin who is mysteriously away, which is, you know, really interesting when you realize that, you know, he's Rosalind's, like, full brother. Full brother, yeah. Yeah, it's not even just that he's one of many brothers. Like, no, they're actually, you know, brother-sister that would have grown up together really close in age. Mm Mm-hmm. And she finds a a maester who reassures her about Rosalind's hip potential (laughs) and says that she's just like her mother, and her mother gave Walder four sons and a daughter. And, um... I think Benfrey is there, but then Oliver obviously is gone, and Perwin, and then there's a maester, I think, in the Westerlands is the other brother. I I, Mm -hmm. I just want to go back to the whole hip discussion. I I also, (laughs) I mean, it's not just that. It's also like, you know, mother gave, you know, Walder a child every year. How many survived? You know, it's just She's well, probably... and did she survive? She clearly died. What right. did she die of? I know. I was childbirth. thinking about that. <laughs> like, what <are> you <laughs> I'm sure yeah. she died in childbirth. Yeah. yeah, she survived until she died. <laughs> right. I'm so disgusted by these otherwise, like, fairly, like, seemingly decent houses that would give their daughters or whatever to freaking well, Walder Frey. Frey. Right, like yeah. the Rosbys, you know, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> What are they thinking? They don't, you know, really, is Walder, like, I mean, that great of a catch? Gross, Ever? no. Like, even when he was young, was he <laughs> well, Especially, the thing is, especially not, and this is one of those places where I think George almost kind of loses it, because there's really no advantage, uh, the, the advantage of marriage, like, for two noble families is that, that there's an alliance that comes out of it in right. the form of the children who are made, and, and the power that those children will hold kind of jointly with the two families. Well, when you're the second marriage and the first marriage was fruitful, you really don't get that for your children. Your children yeah. won't be heirs to the house. So there's really no huge advantage for um, an, an, another noble house to make a match with someone like Walder Frey for even like a second wife, let alone like a sixth or seventh right. or eighth. Right. So I think it's one of those places George kind of lost the the point of of what the reason that noble marriages happened. I mean – you know, they they were business dealings, basically, and there's no good investment for somebody to give their kid to somebody like Walter Frey unless they're, you know, very much a lesser house, which he doesn't well, seem to have to do. I'm guessing, like, the idea is that they're, like, I don't, and I don't have the trees up in front of me, and I don't know if he's, and I don't want him to spend the time filling in this in if he hasn't, but, I mean, I want him to write that damn book. Um <laughs> But I mean, like, if you've got somebody who's like, you know, your first, your eldest daughter, you're obviously going to try to make a great match for her. But then when you've got, you're down to number, you know, three or four, and Walder Frey comes knocking, maybe he's... Right, but I mean, the Rosbys, remember the whole Rosby house is where we, you know, we don't know who the heir is. There seems to be a lack of... Right, no, no, I'm I'm just saying, I'm assuming that was maybe the thinking... I mean, in a while, but eight times or seven times. The first one I get, I get, I got a first marriage. I even kind of get a second marriage, but 
I mean, the phrase, while they seem to have some money, I mean, they were so glutted with family that no individual member of the family is ever going to get much money. There's There are too many ways it needs to be split, you know? And yeah, no, Big, Walder. Yeah. Big Walder's going to come out on top. Oh, God, <laughs> probably. But it's just a bad, it, it, I don't know, it's just not, I, it's it's yeah. one of those spots, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense if you kind of Yeah, it doesn't make it. any sense why someone would marry their, you know, young and valuable daughter to Walder Frey as his, you know, fourth yeah. and fifth wife. Like, no, yeah. of course not. And especially since everybody knows he treats them like absolute shit. Right, and like, that everyone sort of has this disdain for the family in general. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, the And they're phrase. not like... Ugh. And it's not like, I mean, at this point, he's got grandchildren from the first. <laughs> oh, he's got yeah. like great grandchildren. Great grandchildren. Yeah. 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 So it's great, not great, like, you know, know, you're looking at four sickly kids who you figure the next plague epidemic or the, you know, next pneumonia, they'll all be gone. Yeah. I'm just glad that like Selwyn didn't try to match Brienne up with him. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. But I'm but You'd think, though. I mean, like, there's a yeah. lot of Frey guys no. who would be. You know, seemingly would be in, you know, kind of into an heiress. You'd think that there yeah. should be some fray suitors there. God. There's a land to be gotten from marrying her, so. I mean, Perwin's about her age, frankly. Actually, Oliver's really, her age, I think. I really feel that in terms of, I mean, I think Selwyn appears to have not really been very good at that. Oh, yeah. And he gave up at some point because it's like, no, you know, yeah, she's giant and ugly and all of that. But, yeah, she's coming with an island. Although, I mean, let's be fair. I think she's really, really ugly. Yeah, Yeah. I get this. But, you know, you got people like Heil who are willing to overlook it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure those phrases who exactly are not from what it sounds like. Um, nobody in there is an oil painting either. I mean, yeah, but ugly. But you'd think like, some like ninth grandson of the second kid would be willing to like you know go marry her. I'm mm. sure. Apparently I mean, not. I mean, well, honestly, I think Selwyn was trying to do better for her than that. I mean, it's like even the old guy he was matching her up with was you know like very well thought of and from a very good family, even if he wasn't you know the heir. Yeah, um, but Red you know. Bonnet, the Connington's were like in disgrace. Yeah, they were, but but at least Ronnet was the heir. So, you know, it was kind of a... Yeah, and they were I don't know. lands people. So, I mean, the phrase are a little too far away, too. So. That, too. Yeah, yeah well, they are on the other end of the... Yeah. Other side but of I the... I continue world. to say, if Selwyn wants heirs, then he can just get married himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't even really. Well, anyway, <laughs> we don't even really hear about him having bastards or anything. But you know, well, he's got enough girlfriends apparently. Right, he's right. Just, right. They're all marry one of those careful. ladies. Yeah, just marry one. So anyway, back, back to <laughs> back to the twins. Sorry, everyone. Cat um, finds Rob with some of his men, including Roos Bolton, and Roos has brought news from Winterfell, and not just news. He presents Cat with some of Theon's flayed skin. <laughs> Um, oh, I god. forgot about this. I had and forgotten I, this too. And I'm like, oh my god, who the hell? What the hell were you thinking? Well, and it's like, did that come from like Raven delivery or how? You know, <laughs> oh my god. How old is it? 
how yeah like well she describes it as being like leather at first so i don't think that's fresh yeah i don't think it's freshly flayed but good god like so basically roos is walking around westeros with like skin in his purse the whole time the woman who has everything yeah exactly And, you know, Cat. I do always appreciate that Cat always has that moment of, like, bloodthirstiness where she's like, this is disgusting, but also, you know, fucking Theon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I love it that she she, she kind of, like, wants to grab it and, like, hold it like an evil, you know, like, warlord or something. <laughs> oh, my pretty. Yeah. It's <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> It's really creepy. Well, what's funniest about this is you you kind of you kind of have to wonder if it's just that Roos kind of wanted to to brag about Ramsay a little bit because he didn't need to tell them this. Like there was no reason they're going to be dead in a day. Like (laughs) why even bother other than that he wanted to tell somebody. That's that's an excellent point. Like he's totally just bragging about it. Like oh my creepy bastard! Like flayed this flayed this guy. Well, you know. It's not like Ramsey often gives Roos those opportunities and his <laughs> other son's dead. So maybe he just, it was just a rare moment of, oh, finally he did something right. <laughs> well, at least in Roos's eyes, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like Roos doesn't care about the crimes he commits. I mean, Roos just doesn't give a shit. Roos doesn't even care. No, but, but Roos, like, not. he does. I mean, in Theon's chapters, there's, there's hints that Roos is like, oh, my God, you fuck up. What the hell are you doing? And, you know, I mean, but when, you're, Ramsey, a vamp- when you're an immortal vampire, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of hard to care too much about anything, right? Like, eh, this will pass. No, but I mean, and he does. He clear. I think he clearly did like his first son, and you know, regrets that he's gone. And I, I mean, I got. I think Roos is the one who who refers to like, it's like Ramsey. He doesn't know how to use a sword. He's this. He's that. You know, I don't think he's he can't be bothered enough to like you know get rid of him or do anything about him. But I mean, which is why I think he's secretly proud of him. I think yeah, there's I think, something about I think him it's legit liked. that he's like, hey, my son finally did something, you know? <laughs> don't tell I him. Mean, it's it's like probably. when he's talking about how Ramsey's going to kill any kids that he has with Walda, and he's just like, yep, Ramsey will kill him, I guess. <laughs> Again, like, he's so, like, he's so laid back that it, it really would have been a stroke of genius to make him some kind of undead vampire. Like, that would have actually, I would have been in so his, down with that. In his pink fur cloak. Yes. With like, quiet place. <laughs> like, just absolutely perfect. And just to see, like, what the show would have done with something so completely absurd. Like, you know, they never would have played it, but it would have just been delightful to see. Um <laughs> So, you know, Rob is kind of like, he doesn't want Theon's skin. He wants Theon's head. And, you know, I wonder, I think, you know, I'm sure Rob is horrified on some level by this. Like, he wants Theon Dude, dead. Dude, I wondered that, but... too. I wondered that, too, if he was like, just kill him. I, yeah. I don't need him tortured. No, I mean, I think he is. Because, I mean, Rob is a pretty gentle, you know, he's a pretty gentle boy, frankly. And, I mean, that doesn't, that sounds, doesn't quite sound the way I want it to mean. But, you know, he's not... <laughs> He's not like I mean he's significantly less bloodthirsty than Cat is. Well, and I mean, my God, this man just pulled out a piece of this guy's like, you know, 
his flayed skin. And the other lords are kind of like, uh, is that what I think it is? And they're freaked out. So, you know, I can't really fault a 14 or 15 year old boy from being a little bit like, you know, this dude. No, I don't know. Like, you, know. you gotta be, you gotta be bloodthirsty like cat to appreciate this moment. <laughs> and, you know, Ruth argues that, Theon's too valuable of a hostage to kill now and that they should wait for one of his uncles to claim the sea stone chair and then have the Which uncle pay the price for his execution. Which is a logical argument. Yeah, right. it's a yeah. logical argument. Yep, it's yeah. a great argument. I mean, Rob agrees and it's like, yeah. And I wonder too if part of this is Roos kind of establishing himself as the, you know, the leader in the North as he will be, you know, in a couple of hours, frankly. Yeah. 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 Just for fun because he didn't need to. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, it, it's like the most Roos thing he could possibly do. <laughs> like he's like, I feel like there's a part of Roos, and I think it's why he works so well in fan fiction, and why you know we want to make up like even more elaborate theories about him because he's so weird, and in such a creepy, kind of almost I'm gonna say wonderful, but just like a wonderfully creepy, bizarro way. Like, and he's the king of awkward moments, you know, and you gotta love characters that bring about like that kind of awkwardness. Well, and of course I don't have my copy of the book in front of me, but I mean, I can't remember, but I mean, it's like, there's a group of them. It's not just cat and Rob. It's like, there's a group of people around him going like Flint and some other people. It's, you know, it's really like, there might even be a fray or something, but I think it's sort of like, you know, whatever the Westerosi equivalent of, of Jesus Christ, it, did he really, oh my God, he did, he did. Oh, he's such a freak, you he's know. Freak. Yeah, one, yeah. Of the, one of the Manderleys are with them, and yeah. the Great John. Yeah, the Great John and the Small John are there. <laughs> it just sounds funny when you say it together, sorry. Great John and Small John. <laughs> Great John, it sounds, sounds like Robin Hood. <laughs> Robin Hood and Little No, sorry. So Roos is really full of, like, he's full of a lot of news and he's full of a lot of shit here, basically. You know, he's telling them about his encounter with the Lannisters and the Trident, and he has this wonderful spin. So it's that, you know, he was trapped on the wrong side of the Trident and he was unable to help those men in the rear who just conveniently happened to be the powerful lords who would oppose him. And, you know, you can see he has Rob completely snowed about Duskendale and Rob's like, I'm going to have to have a stern talking to Robert Glover about this. It's like, oh, God, you guys, like, he... He has got you 100% fooled. And, you know, of course, he never tells them about an encounter <laughs> with Jamie and Brienne or, you know, anything of actual value. It's, you know, you know poor Roos caught on the well, wrong and it's side. all his neighbors. It's more of his right. neighbors. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing how that happens. <laughs> yeah, Gosh, he, they just all died. And he just really a coincidence he, they all happen to be the people near me. Yeah, it's, you know, it's Crazy. amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's so I, times- did, did any of you did any of you read this before you saw the Red Wedding? Did anybody read before they watched that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, because I remember I, you know, I didn't see it coming. And it's like, I think part of it was and it's like if, if you knew who Roos was and what had happened with Jamie and Brienne, you would realize it at this point. But I think just because of the distance between chapters and there are so many names. I don't think I fully understood who Roos was when I saw him again here. Like, I don't think I followed that thread all the way through. I know me that I was just shocked by the red wedding. I do remember being creeped out by the, the piece of skin. I remember thinking, cause they, every description of him was that this man is a total whack job. I mean, I 
he did stick out to me. He did not blend in. Um, I did not pick up on the, um, I did not pick up on what he was doing with, you know, who he was judiciously um, sacrificing in order to kind of clear his power base at all until I read that elsewhere. But I do remember thinking, my God, this man is a freak. So why? Well, I don't think I remember that he didn't tell them that he had captured Jamie. I don't think I real. I don't think I realized, oh, why hasn't he told them that he captured Jamie okay. Lannister? And I don't think I tumbled to that. I, I know I did. I think you're right. There's so many have. chapters and there's so much going on that it's easy to lose that stuff. Right. You know, it's interesting to me that Roos is, I mean... Roos is kind of a mastermind here, and frankly, it's evil, but he's it's brilliantly evil, everything that he's doing yeah. here. And then you think, you know, forward to wins, potentially. And are we really sure that it's just going to be Stannis, like, easily defeating them? And if it is, you know, it seems like Roos has this issue where he's, like, extremely passive, where Ramsay's concerned all of a sudden, which just... It, he's such a bizarre character, and I... um. You know, he seemed like you read this chapter and you read a couple of the other chapters and he seems like, you know, this is the smartest man in Westeros. I mean, I think one of the things the show did well, uh, cue up, I'm about to say something positive. Um, <laughs> was, I think they, they moved away from the, obviously this is the man you get on the bus and you immediately move your seat because you just don't want to be near him. And they changed him into somebody who looked a little bit more and acted more ordinary. Um, even if he was kind of twisted, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I kind of think the passivity, the, the fear of being a kinslayer seems a bit off to me that, that, Martin has him. I mean, if he is, if he was some kind of otherworldly creature, this would make more sense. <laughs> you like just want make... to be the like centuries vampire. old vampire. Well, don't no, you? but I'm just saying, like, an extreme fear of like the curse of kinslaying. If you're someone who is going to live forever and carry that curse, you might actually like that. Might be something that you'd be extremely concerned about. Whereas if you, you know, were just immortal, I'd be like, whatever, like, I'm going to die anyway, you know? Like, you might not take yeah. it quite so seriously. I doubt Roos would care, even if he was immortal. <laughs> but yeah, he has that, you know, it's such a, it's such a strange combination to have that, um, you know, all this strategy and all of this thought behind this plot, but then at the same time have someone like, eh, yeah, you know, like, I'm sure if my wife gives birth, like, my other son's going to kill it, but what's she going to do, you know? <laughs> just, it's it is so weird. strange. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in wins. I mean, like, I feel like what, you know, reading the tea leaves of the show, probably Stannis is going to win that, but, I mean, it does seem like Roose might be dead. I mean, considering the fact that Ramsay is just, you know, sending whatever letters he wants and saying whatever he wants, making any threats that he wants when Roos, the last we knew was at Winterfell and should have been technically well, in charge. So, and I think the last we see of him, Wald is looking frightened. He seems pretty, he's arguing there's something going on. I'm assuming he's not long for the world. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the other thing is, is some of these men are clearly very good in peacetime. 
And some of them are clearly good in wartime. Mm-hmm. And some of them, there are very few who can handle both. And maybe he's just one of those guys who you give him a sword, you give him a host of men, and he's going to go out and do his thing. He's great. You know, maybe he's just not so good when it comes to, you know, well, keeping I mean, his... I rue the day I raped your mother. He's, yeah, there you go. He's got, I mean... some, he's got some problems, you know, like... Uh, well, yeah, you think? I mean... As much as, you know, as much as we enjoy the character, like, he's got some mental issues, clearly. Oh, yeah, no, clearly. Oh, yeah, I mean, he totally does. Well, and the way he can be so dispassionate about things that, that almost anybody would care about, like, well, clearly there's a personality disorder. I mean, <laughs> his whole, like, psychosis. when he, in the Theon chapters, and this is where you really get the sense of just how fucked up this man is, it's like, when he... And Barbary Dunstan take uh, Theon off to go get um, Jane. At some point, Roos is sort of very casual, like, oh, you know, would you like a bath? No? Okay. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's... Like, doesn't realize that Theon has suffered, like... Well, I don't think he... It's not that he doesn't realize. It's the sort of dissonance of, yeah. like, oh, okay, no, you know, you're you're... Good like that, that's fine. I'm not going to try to help you or anything or treat you with any kind of, you know, human decency because I don't have any. I mean, there's, it's interesting that Roos is the one chosen, you know, to ultimately kill Rob. You know, he's the one that's the Kingslayer because, you know, frankly, I suspect that, you know, there were a lot of people unvolunteering to do that. And I'm sure Roos was like, whatever, I'll do it. Yeah. I don't care. Well, I think Roos wanted to own it. Yeah, I think Roos wanted to own it. I think Roos knew, okay, if you're going to do this, you don't, you, you know, you go balls to the wall. <laughs> well, have you seen, I mean, for there's been memes and stuff on Tumblr pointing out that, like, what the Starks did is they outlawed, there's only one house in the north that does any kind of flaying. They outlawed flaying. They let the Boltons <laughs> live. And then they, that's how they stayed in power. Was like they're always like, look, we're in charge. The second most powerful house is the House Bolton. You want those people in charge? I don't think so. So it's like the Mike Pence theory, huh? <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is actually. <laughs> Although I'm sure Bruce would be fine having dinner with someone other than his wife. But yeah, um, <laughs> I went there. Sorry, but I mean, I think it's that kind of. I mean, he had dinner with Brienne, but not alone. He I did. Guess. Not alone. <laughs> That's right. Jamie was there. Jamie the Jamie chaperone. Was the chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the drink I had is going to my head a little bit. Sorry. But I mean, I don't know where I was going with this, but I'm sure he was fine with owing killing owing killing Rob. I don't think oh, he yeah. cared. Oh yeah, I don't think he cared at all. I'm sure like you know, there are many other plotters that would care. You know, I, I think the phrase would care. The you know they don't want to be none of the phrase want to be the one that is known for killing Rob. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Roos is really cool as a cucumber, and you know, he even tells Rob and Cat he has five hundred horse and three thousand men on foot at, at his disposal. And you know, Rob is very being very Lord King Kingerly here. You know, he gives him command of his rear guard and declares that as soon as Edmure is wedded and bedded, they're going home. Sure they are. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. 
What a jackass George is to split this up, too, and not just get it over with. I know. Oh, I know. uh, It's an Arya. It's the Arya chapter that splits it up, too, where she thinks that she's going home. Mm -hmm. I know. It's so funny. I I just, you know, you just kind of have it. I just kind of started to read the Arya chapter. I got about a paragraph, and I was like, nope, nope. (laughs) Get out of here. There's like about four chapters in a row that are just cruel. I was still enough of a sweet summer child to think that, okay, finally, yes, there's going to be a reunion. Arya is going to get with her mother. It's going to be good. And then, yeah, no. <sighs> God. Uh. Just remember this. when Whenever we think, like, anything happy will happen and wins if we ever read it. <laughs> yeah. like, And we'll be like, oh, yeah, I thought that they were going to... No, they're all going to die. Like, that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, Everything it's like Lost. Anytime they would have that nice that nice music in a beautiful tropical scene, you knew there was going to be, like, a body with maggots, like, <laughs> just around the bed. Boom, you're dead. Yeah. So, do we have any mail? Oh, we did. Hang on. I will find it. Yes. Um, Since your voices light up my night shifts and season seven is still well away when you finished Cat's chapters, I start to wonder what we'll hear from you next. Maybe you'd like to shed some light on that. What I'd really love is a series of episodes dedicated to those those chapters that frame Jamie and Brienne chapters. He thinks there's still a lot to discover in those regarding composition or provided context. Opportunity to deepen your your talk about horses or whores, roses, swords, blue, gold, wedges, bears, moon, um, diminuendo, best witches, Fox Berlin. <laughs> oh, God. Horse metaphors? Yeah. <laughs> so we did put our we did put our calendar up until season seven on Tumblr. So um, in lieu of deep, meaningful discussions of chapters, <laughs> um, we recorded a trivia episode and we have um, a couple of season seven preview episodes and we have, um, <laughs> oh, we have two, okay, we have two episodes that are specifically designed to alienate the Jamie and Brienne fans, and then we're going to alienate <laughs> book fans. <laughs> so we, we have an episode entitled Jamie and Brienne Canon versus Fanon that we'll be releasing, <laughs> I think, either late June or early July. And then we have another episode entitled um, We Hate the Books Too. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I'll lose all the rest of my followers. Yeah, so <laughs> my friends. <laughs> so we do have we do have a lot of fun scheduled for um, after we finish up cats chapters in a couple of weeks. And do we want to talk about what we're doing after season seven? Yeah, or? yeah, I think we should say because we did decide, and yeah. boy, did it take us a while to decide too. Yeah, so we are going to be tackling Tyrion's chapters after <laughs> season seven. Fun. So we, you know, here's the fun thing is like it actually probably will it will be fun for like two books and then it'll be like horrible. No, that's that's true. They it gets very depressing. Right. But to be fair, you know, looking at the you know looking at calendars and times, we might not hit um, Tyrion's dance chapters until you know. 2019 or something like that. So. you know, and if Wins ever comes out, obviously the schedule changes. So, 
lol. So yeah, we've got that to look. We've got that to look forward to. Well, you know, I think sure. the very first. I think the very first Tyrion <laughs> chapter is the Joffrey bitch slap. So I think that'll be like a fun one to jump into. Yeah. No, I think Tyrion should be good. I mean, we we kind of debated this for a while about what to do, but Tyrion sort of made the most sense. I don't know. We debated Sansa, but I mean, the thing with Tyrion is at least he kind of, you know, touches on Jamie's story somewhat and you get a little bit of a little bit of what we're supposed to be dedicated to. <laughs> Heavy leanings. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rest of Feast and then we're like, yeah, but those are all the shitty chapters left. So. Yeah. Yeah, we did. It's so funny that 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 that, that email mentioned context because we did think about doing the rest of Feast that we have because we've done so much of it between Jamie, Brienne, and Cersei. But we were like, what are we going to do? Do all these fucking Ironborn chapters and Dornish stuff? No. <laughs> Fuck that. So basically, we've become the show at this point. You're going to do this Dornish shit? Fuck that. <laughs> that. Well, we're better than the show because we know not to go there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I know Chicky will be not joining us on the season seven show episode. So. Hardcore not joining you. This is this my last. No, I think you're on. I think you're on the epilogue. You're on the epilogue. So we are actually also doing the epilogue to um, A Storm of Swords just to really close out Cat's chapters in the most depressing way possible. Just to twist the knife a little (laughs) bit. Yeah, like literally, we're gonna twist the knife on there. Um, So yeah. So anyone else have anything to add tonight? Before Um, we, I'm really excited when you guys do all of the chapters, so then I can read the books and then listen to your companion uh, discussion on them. Ooh. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> well, after we finish Tyrion, we will have done about half of the books, actually, I think, or we'll be close. A lot, yeah, because Tyrion is like 50-plus chapters, I think, so it's it's quite a bit. So, you guys, you know, let's all hold hands for next week. It's going to be rough. Um, Who's on that one? I know I'm not. I'm not, because I'm traveling. Okay. Yeah, me too. Well... Some of us will be holding hands, <laughs> holding hands next week. I'll be and listening and, and it's very gonna be glad rough. I'm not on. Um, but yeah, we just made Guile do the episode by herself <laughs> as I sob quietly into the microphone. Um, no, we actually have a we have an awesome panel next week, and we may have a surprise guest. So, um, Ooh. Ooh. I don't know about <laughs> this. You know about it. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, look forward to that and support our podcast and become a Patreon and you get special benefits like special episodes. Boy, I hate when I say things like where I use the same word twice. Um, you get benefits like special episodes and exclusive early access to new episodes like this one and uh, next week's Red Wedding episode. You can listen and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and all those funky places like that. And find us on Tumblr, Twitter. We're actually on Facebook once in a while. And you can email us at closethedoorand at gmail.com. I want to thank all of our listeners and thank the panel. We have almost made it through. Cat, I am closing the doors. Get out.